Hang on. Hang on. Halt. Welcome to This Might Be A Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time. They might be giants. I'm your host, Greg Simpson, and I'm here with Ariana Harris to talk about the song Whistling in the Dark off of, of course, Flood. Here we go. A woman came up to me and said, I'd like to poison your mind with wrong ideas that appeal to you, though I am not unkind. She looked at me, I looked at something written across her scalp. And these are the words that it faintly said as I tried to call for help. There's only one thing that I know how to do well. And I've often been told that you only can do what you know how to do well. And that's be you. Be what you're like. Be like yourself. And so I'm having a wonderful time, but I'd rather be whistling in the dark. 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 There's only one thing that I like, and that is whistling in the dark. Ariana, hey. Hello. How's it going, you uh, stage manager, you, you theater person? Yeah, uh, <laughs> we've been thrown for a loop recently, but I'm, I'm really happy to be here, and this will be probably the highlight of my day, so I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> thrown for a loop, so that, that yeah, that sounds negative <laughs> what's going on oh we had a last minute recasting thing going on but everyone's being troopers about it and we're powering through we're gonna make it work mm. that's the point of theater right the show must go on yeah. <laughs> right exactly yeah you gotta roll with it you know when you're doing stuff live you gotta be ready uh for anything i just finished the, the last season of uh this current season of curb your enthusiasm are you a curb fan oh uh, no i've not heard of it sorry oh uh, well <laughs> i mean they're they're filming a show called um young larry which is i guess making fun of that young sheldon show but there's like a bunch oh. of casting problems <laughs> and stuff so it made me think of that they have to like recast people at the last second what's the show that you're uh that you're doing? We're doing a an adaptation of Antigone by Sophocles. Mm. Fancy. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, la la. Going old school. We're trying to do a classic yeah. every year, so this is the one. Yeah. And it's a uh, And that's inc- that's one of those tragedies, isn't it? Oh yeah. But I think it's actually really interesting not to go off topic from They Might Be Giants, of course, but I think no, one of ahead. the really cool things about Antigone is that while it is a tragedy, it's one of the few ancient Greek plays that you'll find where the antagonist, if you will, repents before seeing the products of their destruction and actually tries Mm. to make it better and just is too late. So it actually, it's like the tragedy is almost happening to the antagonist. So it's really cool that way. Wow. Yeah. I feel like I, I know I read a bunch of those back in college. I probably read that at some point. That sounds kind of familiar. I don't even, mention it but it's way in the rear view mirror for me um are you are you in college right now i am yes i'm in my fifth year yeah. at southern connecticut state university 
Ah, super senior. Yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's what you get for being a double major workaholic. So. <laughs> oh, sure. Are, are you a theater major? Yes, I'm a theater and chemistry double major. Theater and chemistry. Yeah, there's a, there's right. a surprising amount of overlap. Yeah, yeah. If you ever decide to put on a show that has some like explosions and stuff, you know that's the that's the default <laughs> that people go to. But actually, the one that was most relevant was I had to make a knife that bleeds, so I used some chemistry to make the blood. Wow. Yeah. Very nice. So Pretty something fancy. fancier than just ketchup, I would imagine. Yeah. Oh no, we got like flour and yeah, all sorts of stuff yeah. in it. <laughs> oh, cool. Some some reactions going on. Um, the, so you got the recasting done has the, is it has the problem been solved uh more or less yeah there's some social fallout to it but we're we're chugging along with the show and it's it's gonna be good we got a good cast here so oh, yeah no. yeah we're, working with friends can be fun until things go wrong oh yeah tell me about it <laughs> <laughs> well anyway um i was thinking back to when I first contacted you, I know you had made a post on Miscellaneous Tea, mm-hmm. but this was over a year ago at this point because my spreadsheet is just so <laughs> full of names. It was uh, the first that, Christmas you know, in COVID, I think. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yes. I, I, I first hit you up on December 28th, 2020. Uh, so a couple of days after Christmas. Yeah. And I said... Hey, I loved your Team BG story, Miscellaneous Tea. And then like, I'm like, crap, like I couldn't find, I was trying to find the post. I'm like, I don't remember what the story was anymore. Uh, but it was cool enough that I was like, hey, I got to get this gal on. Do you remember what the post was? I actually, I well, I remembered, but then I also went back today and found it just to make sure, like remembering what all I had said. But yeah, yeah, it's... um. So I talked a bit about how I got introduced to the Phantom, and I was showing off a Christmas gift that my uncle had given me, which was uh, gigantic, which I am such a bad person. I have not yet watched, but also in my defense, I don't have a DVD player. so um. <laughs> And probably a computer that does not have a disk drive. Yeah, no. It's very sad. But I, I like still very much want to watch it. Got to commit to it. Got to go find it first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and you, you can get like external CD drives for computers for like twenty bucks or something. That is now. very true. Yeah. So then you can watch it on your computer. It's it's very much worth it. But th- there needs to be a sequel. There needs to be another documentary about them because that was at this point only halfway through their career. <laughs> They're going on. Oh, yeah. I mean, th- this is their fortieth year as a band, and that was made in their like. 19th year as a band or something you gotta get a yeah so, sequel absolutely <laughs> just like now we need that the, the the next 20 years need to be documented uh yeah so the fandom uh go ahead and tell us your story how you got into they might be giants yeah absolutely so um my my mom's younger brother uh my uncle matt Toomey, uh shout out um <laughs> he um <laughs> He was living in New York City and uh, discovered they might be giants, I guess, at some point. And uh, when we were, when myself and my two younger siblings were uh, infants or very young, uh, Matt gave our family the Flood album, which as kids, you know, was kid friendly enough and became one of the few albums that we owned that was something that we would listen to on long road trips. 
And mm. uh, since we were living in Virginia with family, like up in New York, we took a lot of road trips. Uh, mm. So we were listening to this album all the time. And we often requested it, especially if it was like, all right, kids, we're going to need to go to sleep. Like, well, well, let's just listen to uh, our favorite tracks from flood first. Um, <laughs> which for me was whistling in the dark. That was the one I always demanded. And then my siblings <laughs> liked, uh, they might be giants by they might be giants. So yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, but like it got to the point where, um, I would like, I'd memorize the track number. I was like, can we skip ahead to track 14? Um, mm-hmm. so, yep. uh, that's how we got started is uh, Matt gave us this album. He also gave us uh, a gift for one of my siblings uh, for her fifth birthday, which had, which was like a, just a mixed tape of a bunch of different kid friendly songs, which yeah. included several songs by they might be giants, including um, mammals and uh, why does the sun shine? And like a couple of those. Um, and then we moved up to Connecticut and soon thereafter, we popped by the May Day Parade or May Day Festival in New Haven. Uh, and we were just enjoying the show. And then they said, come by again tomorrow. They might be giants is performing. So we're like, mom, dad, we got to go. And <laughs> we came back. We got there early. We got good seats. Uh, and we listened to their stuff. And at this point, like, they might be giants was just this album like there's this one cd to me so i didn't realize that they had other songs that they played and like other fans besides my family so (laughs) it was so cool to be there our own little secret (laughs) was this one of the kids shows was it um i know it was just like a public show in uh downtown new haven on the green okay um oh cool yeah so like i only recognized like maybe two or three of the songs that they played out of their whole set because it was Mm -hmm. uh, just a mix of their stuff um and that was kind of the inspiration to like, okay, we got to go look for some of these other songs that we really liked. And we found the uh, Here Comes Science album, and which ours came with the, the DVD with all of the music videos yep. on it. So I would watch mm-hmm. that and listen to that. And I, I love science, chemistry major. So I <laughs> thought it was just like the coolest thing since sliced bread is like, you get to sing about the phases of matter. Like... <laughs> It was just so cool to me. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I think Here Comes Science is their best kids album. At least it's yeah. my favorite. Yeah. I mean, t- I mean, not just. I mean, I know Here Come Here Come the One Two Threes is the one they won the Grammy for and all that. And that one that one's great too. But the science one, I don't know. The songs are just so strong. Like it's just, you know, not just subject matter, but just like there's such good songs. Yeah, and it was also like really age appropriate for me at the time too. I was in um upper elementary school, maybe middle school. So I was learning mm. about all this stuff in school and I was like, oh my God, this is just like that song. I know the answer. Like <laughs> it was very cool to have yeah. that. Um, and then <laughs> I, I kind of stepped away from They Might Be Giants for a while as I started to just like develop my own taste in music. Um, and then I went to the library and found a bunch of They Might Be Giants albums. And that's where I started listening to Join Us and uh, Miscellaneous Tea. Um, I think I checked out the Nanobots, but I don't, I didn't really start listening to that until more recently. Um, so I started listening to more and more of their stuff, probably in like later high school uh, and became like a proper fan, not just a childhood album fan. Yeah. Um, right. And then, yeah, because I mean, Flood, yeah. when your when your uncle gave you guys Flood, that Flood was an old album by then. I yeah, mean, it was 10 years old or so. I mean, yeah, I mean, when were you born? I wasn't born in 98. Yeah, okay. My siblings were so, born yeah. in 2000, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so they already had 
many, many albums for you to dig back into. Absolutely. By the time you actually heard of them, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, Flood. Flood, uh, I mean, was your uncle, was was he a true fan or did he just know Flood? No, it oh, seems no, like if he, made, he also, made that mix for uh, your... The, the story continues. Uh, so around the time that I was starting to develop my own taste, he made another mixtape of me with a bunch of his favorite songs from all over their stuff. And I'm so sad that I lost it. I have no idea where it is. And I'm so sad because I love some of those songs. Um, I want to ask him Maybe. if he can rip it again for me. <laughs> right. If he still has that playlist saved on iTunes or something, yeah. <laughs> you know, burn you another one. <laughs> uh, but then in, um, I, I also, like, I stopped listening to them again for a little bit uh, in, like, late high school and then I took a gap year and then uh, freshman year of college I get to college and I was I forget how it came up but I was just working in the theater and they might be giants came up and this one kid's like oh yeah I love them I was like you know who they are <laughs> <laughs> and we started talking about it and then that's when I discovered that they were they had a concert scheduled at um, College Street in New Haven and uh, so I told my dad we got to get tickets and it was in like April and I was like, cool. Uh, the tickets for the show were in like April, but we got them in January or something. So I forgot. Mm -hmm. And then April comes around and I'm just at home on my phone, just happening to look through like events near you. And I was like, oh yeah, when's that They Might Be Giants concert happening? Oh, it's tonight. It's in two hours. <laughs> <laughs> so I call my dad. He comes down into town and we go and enjoy uh, that concert, which was really, really fun. And now at this point, I'd known more of their music, so I was like able to sing along to everything and just be in a crowd and appreciate a room full of people singing along to them. Yeah, it's amazing. And then this past summer, or no, the, sorry, summer 2020, uh, I actually got to spend a couple months with that uncle. And we were we would like make dinners together, and uh, I started talking about they might be giants with him, and we would like make playlists and listen to them as we were cooking and talk about it. So yes, he is a proper fan. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it was I think really his lovely. favorite band. It kind of sounds like that. I don't know about that. <laughs> I can't speak for him about that, but it's uh it's definitely like a really nice connection for me and him to share yeah. this. Yeah, that's sweet. <laughs> that's great. So uh, you've been really hot and cold with this band, Just on again, off again. Yeah, I feel it. I do feel bad. Like when I got onto uh, Miscellaneous Tea, um, the the Facebook group, and like everyone was talking about it so much, I was like, oh my god, there's like a lore, there's like opinions, and I know like nothing <laughs> compared to what all these people know. Like uh, I'll admit, like I haven't listened to every single album. I don't know the name of every single song, and I. There's a part of me that feels bad, and the other part's like, it doesn't matter. You enjoy them, they enjoy them. It's just yeah. love. So, yeah. yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. However, you want to enjoy them. It's, you know, this podcast is for all kinds of fans. I mean, I've had plenty of my share of people on that <clears throat> are uh, maybe even, you know, my age or a little bit older who are like that kind of first four album kind of fans, like the duo era fans. Um, or I've had people on that have only listened to flood and, and you know, it's, you know, I want to, I want to hear about everyone's, they might be giants tales because not everyone is as dorky as me and some of the other folks that are hanging around miscellaneous tea. I mean, I even still find songs that I haven't heard because there's just so much obscure stuff, you know, especially when, it, you know, stuff that didn't ever make it onto an album that you'll all of a sudden be like, you know, I bet you've never heard the song bread hair. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's from the, the late eighties and dial a song, but I only heard it like, I don't know, 
two years ago. It's not that good. You know, I haven't done an episode on it yet, but probably someday someone will pick it. <laughs> but I think one of the great things about They Might Be Giants is like, no matter if you haven't heard a song before, as soon as you hear it, it's like, that's them. You know, they're right. so distinct with their sound. Yeah. Yeah. And even with two lead singers, they're both very distinctive voices and lyricists and yeah. And stylistically, even, yeah. Even though they are all over the map stylistically, somehow you're always able to recognize them no matter what genre they're playing with. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, from your, from a young age, whistling in the dark spoke to you. Yeah. It was one of your favorites. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what about it? You know, but, you know, before we get into like the adult perspective, <laughs> analysis of whistling in the dark what was it what about it stuck out to you as a as a kid do you remember i think well so on the flood album i you know it's it's kid friendly in that it doesn't have like a ton of swear words but the topics that they cover are not necessarily the most easiest for children to understand like minimum wage i had no idea what that meant as a kid but with (laughs) whistling in the dark like i understood the lyrics i knew what they meant i could sing along to it whistling whistling dark dark like got that down that's like half the song so to me it was like easy to sing along to it was fun to sing along to it was playful and like i could i could understand the lyrics which for me was big like as a kid i knew that there were words that i didn't know but i knew like every word in that song so Mm -hmm. it was easy for me to like sing along to the entire thing and know what i'm saying yeah and as far as knowing what the lyrics mean there's a lot of different opinions on that in this <laughs> song so we we will get to that in uh in a bit but we gotta play people the uh the dial a song demo oh sure for this so i will drop that in right here a woman came up to me and said i'd like to poison your mind with wrong ideas that appeal to you though i am not unkind she looked at me i looked at something written across her scalp and this is what it faintly said as I tried to call for help. There's only one thing that I know how to do well. And I've often been told that you only can do what you know how to do well. And that's for you. Be what you're like. Be like yourself. And so I'm having a wonderful time, but I'd rather be whistling in the dark. 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 There's only one thing that I like, and that is whistling in the dark. I love the gritty old dial song stuff, and we don't know exactly what year this is from, but chances are it's like 89. Uh, What do you think about this this demo version? Well, uh, so I listened to it today, and this was actually the first time that I'd ever heard a dial song. Uh, I did try to... For real? Yes. I did try to call the number couple months ago i think and it was like nah man not anymore but yeah so this was like it was interesting uh and the playlist that you sent me like had a bunch of them so i was able to like kind of get the gist of how it sounds as a dial a song uh but yeah no i really lo- like gritty yeah i think that's a yeah. good word for it i really liked it um there was like a like an almost like ominous or guttural feel to it like um yeah it kind of reminded me of like <laughs> Like uh, in in old shows when they were like, oh, the future's creepy. The TVs are going to start talking to you. I felt like it was kind of like those vibes. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. This is yeah. Grandpa listening on his old tube TV to some of his favorites. <laughs> <laughs> Linnell's doing kind of a different affectation on his voice on mm-hmm. that. 
you know, the Johns, especially back in the day, would put on all sorts of weird voices. Um, but when it comes to the Flood album version, it's pretty close to his, you know, normal singing voice. But in this one, in the dial song, it's really, I don't know, he kind of opens it up a little bit more, almost to where it sounds like, like could that be Flans? No, that's, that's Linnell, but it's just given kind of a weird, more kind of like open-throated kind of monk yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. singing. Which does come in, you know, when they get to the oh, very Gregorian chant uh, <laughs> feel there. And I was, I was even plunking it out on the piano, the two notes that the that you know, uh, Linnell singing the low one and Flan singing the high one. It's 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 parallel fourths, so it's perfect mm. fourths, and that's like yeah. the uh, that's like the churchy uh, the church interval, you know the. Um, yeah, the the plagal cadence, yeah, as they would yeah. call it, going from the four to the one. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but he he puts on that voice like the whole dial a song through, which I guess he decided to not go that far when it came to the flood version. Also, it's um, done on a keyboard instead of accordion. Some I noticed that the the, the music was different. Yeah, the instrumental sounded a bit different. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's some sort of piano ish type patch, and then maybe there's a lower synth too but i mean on those recordings it's sometimes hard to pick out exactly what's going on and there is some little drum machine in the background but like it, it almost only peeks through during like the gaps you're like uh kind of peek through uh and of course it didn't yet have the big booms yeah yeah uh but i mean the song is pretty much all there it's got all the verses, choruses, it's got the dark, 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 dark. The only thing it doesn't have is the real extended intro, outro, I mean, with... Uh, yeah, it fades out, but not know. for ever and ever. <laughs> yeah, that ended up having all the horns and stuff like that. Though it does already have a fade out on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I thought was yeah. impressive, like, for a dial-a-song yeah. for that technology uh-huh. at the time. Yeah. Yeah, I, you should I'm really not, dig into those dial yeah. songs. They're so fun. Oh, Bread Hair is on one of those compilations. There's the Power Dial Song 1 and the Power Dial Song 2. Some other people have assembled different variations of that, but it's a fun and bizarre list, and you'll hear some of the the weirdest stuff, like stuff that's like, <laughs> it's too weird to even make it on. They might be chatting and saying, well, that's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like my kind of music. <laughs> yeah. It, it's fun, too, to hear, you know, they left in a lot of... Um, because Flans would use it to like promote upcoming shows and stuff like that. So you can hear him like naming tour dates, you know, in like 1988 or whatever, which is, which is pretty fun. Um, yeah. (laughs) Cool. So let's get to the, uh, the proper album version then. Um, so this one, I mean, like I said, this one is accordion focused when it comes to the full arrangement of this song let's before we get into all those lyrics musically what are your favorite things about yeah the proper album version of whistling in the dark i love the brass honestly so i i play brass instruments and uh as a kid growing up we listened to a lot of huh what do you play uh i play baritone horn or euphonium so i love those really like low brassy tones I was playing a baritone today with my band. Oh, you I'm were a band director. Yeah, I'm a trombonist, um, but I didn't have a sp- I don't have a spare one at one of my schools, and we're starting to get into some more complicated stuff where 
the low brass are actually doing some harmonies and some sort of you know bass progressions rather than just you know when you start in band everyone's just playing the same <laughs> and you're just all playing the melody yeah. right yep. so like i've been busting out the the baritone a little bit to uh help my trombones along <laughs> um but yeah so so yeah so the, the brass, brass yeah i grew up like my parents uh, my dad plays in a brass band but the music that we listen to on cds is a lot of folk stuff so it's more of the string instruments so i liked this that it incorporated some of the brass um especially the, the trumpet i love the sound of the trumpet it's very beautiful in my opinion yeah um the trumpet is played by frank london who um played on a bunch of their stuff through the the 90s you know they've had uh, other trumpet players coming up more re- recently like jim connor and um and kurt ram is their you know their go-to guy now uh, but Franklin and he, well, on Flood, he was on this, and then technically he's on Birdhouse, but apparently it's sampled. Like, they took some of his playing and then sampled it. That's why on Birdhouse, the, <laughs> like, it sounds kind of fake. Mm-hmm. But also you're like, I don't know. Is that, a, like, just a keyboard patch or what? Apparently it's this guy, same guy, sampled. But then he's also been on, like, he was on some Apollo songs, like the guitar. He's on John Henry songs, Sleeping in the Flowers, Spy. Um he was on "It's Fun to Steal," Monopuff song. So uh, it's all '90s, yeah, all '90s stuff. But he's he's been on a fair amount of things. Uh, and the trombone, um, let's see, Rick McRae. He has only been on, yeah, he was only on "Whistling," and then he's part of the brass that's in the theme, the, mm. the flood mm-hmm. theme, the first track. So uh, he hasn't done a whole lot of stuff with TMBG, but yeah, they both sound great in the song, and I love. The improvisation and just the wackiness yeah. at the end. It's just yeah. so fun, you know. You know, and it, as a trombonist, especially like when you first start playing trombone, I mean, the slide is the feature. So like, oh, it's those, so you know, fun. <laughs> when yeah, when you're first, you know, picking up a trombone, like your instincts just go, you know, all over the place with the slide, and it's just, you know, it's fun to hear. You know, a professional trombonist get to go kind of wacky uh, on a song. And those fanfares too, like that's something missing from the Dallas song that, you know, when the trumpet really gets into the da dun da dun da 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 dun da dun dun, you know, sounds yeah like marching, or like some sort of, you know, introducing royalty, some sort of like presidential kind of fanfare, yeah, fanfare exactly, uh huh, yeah. So the horns are great on that one. The a main feature of this song would be the bass drum yes and i was gonna say that too i love the i love the really really like like i said i love those really like you can feel it in your chest things and i really love having that really steady beat yeah. there <laughs> yeah uh so yeah in i mean in the credits and i looked in my flood booklet as well in the credits on the wiki um it doesn't have anyone listed as drums but i'm sure flance is playing the big bass drum and then there must also be i mean there's there's some hi-hat and some other little stuff in there some snare starts in later and that must be all drum machine then since there's no drummer listed there was a studio drummer that played on a few uh flood tracks it wasn't all drum machine but this one he is not listed so i'm guessing it's drum machine but the, i mean the the big booms i mean sounds like a real bass room to me mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so in the the um I like the way they say it in the the phrasing of it on the wiki. Are you familiar with the TMBW, the wiki? Uh, not terribly. 
They might be wiki. Is that what that is? Uh-huh. Yeah. This I think might I be popped wiki. on once when I was a kid to say my two cents about Particle Man. So. <laughs> okay. All right. So you haven't looked at any of the interpretations that people have put on here. We will get to that later because there's some some doozies. Uh, but <laughs> and a little trivia for this song. I like the way it's it's phrased. Whoever wrote this on here. On most live versions of the song, John Flansburg discards his guitar uh, and picks up a large chest-mounted bass drum, which he strikes zealously through the song. <laughs> 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 yeah <laughs> um oh okay so here's actually a little bit that kind of answers what uh we were wondering about uh there's a quote in a rolling stone interview from 2009 uh where flan said uh, the bass drum sound was something we actually worked on for quite a while in the studio and we weren't so happy with it even in the end but i think in our imaginations even an atomic blast would have been too small <laughs> We actually recorded it and possibly sampled it so we could re-trigger the biggest sound. So it's that in-between drum machine live. It's them hitting the bass drum and then triggering it with the drum machine. So, yeah. So we're pretty much on with our guests there. Um, Yeah. uh, We'll get to, you know, some live versions where Flans is playing the bass drum Mm -hmm. and talking about the bass room in uh there's some funny stuff there so we'll, we'll get to that uh later another interesting thing about this song is the way uh the key of it has changed over the years the original um yeah including i even checked the dial song even though the, the tape makes the pitch a little wonky but the dial song and the flood version are both in D major, which has Linnell singing like the very bottom yeah, of yeah. his register. And it makes sense that, um, you know, when they play it not live, I mean, pretty much throughout, they bump it up to F. Uh, so, you know, he gets. So he doesn't fry his voice. You know, a, a step and a half. Yeah. And I think a lot of, it's just really hard to project when. Yeah. That's I mean, true. if you're not built to sing that low, you know, unless you're like a, a true bass singer uh you know i mean they're both tenors and for him to get that low you can't project very well uh and probably just take a lot of breath out of you so it it made sense to to pop it up uh to f but i love i love the low singing in this it it makes me think of like you know uh oh do not forsake me uh no off of uh john henry no i'm so sorry <laughs> it's actually a vocal group that sings that. It was written by Flans, but uh, just that kind of real low, you know, it just gives it that uh, kind of ominous feel. I think you were kind of mentioned, especially in the the dial song, mm-hmm. kind of uh, a, a little bit spooky. And this song kind of shifts from like uh, the verses sound kind of spooky, yeah, but then the choruses get kind of happy, right? Well, <laughs> there's only theory. one thing that I know how to do well. But I mean, in in tone, not, right? It's, yes, it's yes, yes, yeah. In, in lyric because it does go from uh well, let's see so yeah because it is in d uh, yeah so it doesn't start on the d it actually is starting it kind of throws off like i've seen some people say that it's an a it starts on an a but it's not in a so it doesn't doesn't get to a progression that starts on the one until you get to there's only one thing that I know how to do well. So that's why it makes it seem kind of like uneasy. You're like, where, you know, the song's just kind it's of floating unusual around. unusual to start on the sixth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. And that's, yeah. So it, you know, it's got that minor feel to start. Um, 
yeah, A, a majors and E minors, and then it kicks up to that D and gets the, the more kind of oh, that's the fifth happy sound. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry, the right. fifth. Yeah. yeah, my bad. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's all kinds of cool stuff going on. Like you do get some. Um, well, you get. Uh, I mean, you do get some, uh, you get some B flats in there when it gets to the, the actual whistling in the dark part. So it does kind of toy with the key a little bit and, and, and go out of it. And, you know, it's very, the, the Linnell genius <laughs> where, uh, yeah, where people are like, what key is this in? Oh, it's in this key. No, it's in this key. Well, it's, it's kind of in a couple of keys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's move on to the lyrics then. So. As a kid, and me when I was younger, it's like, oh, he's whistling in the dark. That sounds like fun. I don't know. What? what, what, uh, what? <laughs> As a kid, did you did you have some deeper meaning to this song, or what? Or were we literally picturing, you know, the guy hitting his head on the wall of the jail and all this stuff that they say in the lyrics? What? Uh, what? What were you thinking as a little kid in the car saying, "Play track 14? Yeah. Well, I, so as much as I said before that I knew all the words i thought i knew all the words i didn't realize they're saying jail uh so i don't know if i quite registered that as a kid but um and like i know in the lyrics it's that uh he happily walked away but i always heard heavily walked away uh mm. so i just, was, to me it was like this kind of like dark depressing song about people hitting each other with rocks to change their mind <laughs> and then like yeah i'll just whistle just because and like i like the nighttime i liked being in the dark so to me it was like yeah Whistling in the dark sounds like a good idea. I'll do that. <laughs> um, so I didn't. I didn't put too too much thought. I was a bit of a naive kid. <laughs> well, I mean, the you know the, the surface level. That's where you know. It's where your your brains are at that point. You know, you might probably haven't learned of what you know metaphors and similes were yeah. back then either. So anyway, but what I did realize when I was really started thinking about this song, it's, I don't think it ever dawned on me until now. I'm like, the song's got whistling in the dark. There's no actual whistling in the song. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking that Which, too. Like, did I, did I whistle along to it? Was there whistling involved? <laughs> I mean, you could whistle that trumpet part for sure. Oh, but, I might've uh, done that as a kid actually. <laughs> yeah. There is, I did find this old song called Whistling in the Dark from 1931 that actually does have whistling in it. Um, maybe <laughs> maybe I'll drop a little bit of it in here, but Ambrose and his orchestra. Yeah, There's a musical called Whistling in the Dark from the 30s. I wonder if that's from... Oh, yeah. My costume designer has a poster of it up on her wall. I see it every time I go to really? class. Really? Yeah. She must have worked on it somewhere. So, <laughs> take a picture of it next time you're you're walking by, and I'd like to 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 see this, this poster. Yeah. 
And they made it into a film. So 1932 is the play, and it was made into a film in 1933, and again made into another film starring Red Skelton in 1941. Um, yeah, I don't know if this song is from that, but the, that song, it is a fun little song, and it does have whistling in it. But <laughs> I don't know if any of those things, the play or the that song, inspired Linnell in any way, but... Um, but yeah, what were you saying? Uh, no, uh, sorry. The the phrase whistling in the dark is like, um, it's one of the, the sayings. It's like, yeah, you whistle in the dark. If you whistle in the dark, you're going to get robbed or something like that, right? Like that's where the phrase comes from. I, I mean, it's, I don't know if I've heard that phrasing specifically, but it is like you're trying. Like you invite disaster. To be brave in a scary situation or you're trying to like fool yourself into a you know a false sense of security something like that you're you're whistling in the dark to keep yourself from being scared see that's like sort that. of how i interpreted it It was like it's the it's the like false bravado but i i feel like in my research of it or when i've heard it come up in media it's more about like a this oblivious person who's just like la di da here i am in the dark with you know without a care in the world so i'm the person who's right. gonna get beaten up or robbed or something like that yeah, I mean, this, this could kind of go together. Yeah, if you're scared, and maybe you should rightfully so be scared. You know, you're walking down a dark alley. You're like, oh, just, you know, it's fine. And then, you know, you're the unsuspecting victim. Uh, according to Collins Dictionary defines <laughs> whistling in the dark. Uh, if you say that someone is whistling in the dark, you mean that they are trying to remain brave and convince themselves that the situation is not as bad as it seems. Huh, I whistle in the oh, dark yeah. every day. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that, uh, you know, the famous memed uh, image of the dog. Oh, yes, this coffee is fine. And everything's on fire. This is fine. Yeah. Yep. He's, he's just whistling in the dark. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yes. So this brings me to, and since you haven't looked at the wiki, I was going to ask you if you had found this, but uh, now I know I can uh, spring it on you. The, uh, the wiki is full of you know, the interpretations tab on the wiki is just full of hilarity, often very insightful uh, interpretations, often people just being silly for the sake of it. But there's an interpretation uh, someone wrote in 2005 that <laughs> I don't think the Johns meant it this way, but the phrase whistling in the dark is a crude slang term for cunnilingus. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently, so uh, they say John Waters even uses it in his movie A Dirty Shame, which A Dirty Shame, I had to look this up, starring Johnny Knoxville, who I love, um, or he's one of the stars. Uh, it came out in 2004. So uh, obviously, whatever, you know, <laughs> did not influence the song that came out 14 uh, years prior to that. But a-, a bunch of people pile on here and are like, Oh, yeah, I had heard this. And then, oh, it could mean that uh, the woman is a prostitute and the man with the rock is the pimp and all this. I'm like, what are you talking about? And all these other people are like, oh, yeah, I've heard that phrase before. So I I start Googling. If you just Google whistle in the dark, whistling in the dark or whistle in the dark, whistling in the dark, it'll just pop up with all this. They might be giant stuff like that's the top thing. And then it'll start popping up with the definitions that we were talking about um about you know trying to be brave and then it'll pop up with stuff about that musical i couldn't actually find i'm like oh well it's got to be in here somewhere i couldn't actually find anything 
about that phrase being sexual until I actually added the word cunnilingus onto the Google search. I'm like, whistling in the dark, cunnilingus. And then it comes up with like, I mean, even Urban Dictionary, the first definition is about being brave. Uh, it's not about the sexual stuff, which is usually where that veers to. Like, right. Well, if Urban Dictionary says it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If if Urban Dictionary doesn't even say it's about that, then yeah. But I don't think that John's meant it this way. Of course they didn't. That is, not, that is so far out of the realm of something that they would put in a song. It's just, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, you guys are nuts. Uh, but yeah, so I guess these comments are from 2005. So I guess these people had just seen a dirty shame, uh, which is an NC 17 rated movie. (laughs) It's very sexual throughout from what, what I gather. I tried to find a clip of whoever says, you know, whistling in the dark in the movie. I couldn't find it and I've never seen it. Um, so you know, whatever, but the, the trailer was pretty hilarious and also stars, uh, Tracy Ullman famous for like her show launched the simpsons stuff oh. like that. so yeah she's pretty funny also is on the most recent season of curb but i digress uh <laughs> you really should watch curb enthusiasm uh anyway uh so in your your adult brain what mm. you know it's not about this <laughs> cunniling us we'll just we'll just you know agree on that right now <laughs> what what do you what do you think it's uh as you think a little deeper about it you, you come up with anything uh anything else i don't well so actually thinking about it right now i'm in a i've been uh working in the shop to help build the set and there are some people that make me feel like I want to change their minds with a rock. Like it's a pulling teeth working <laughs> no, no. with them. So like maybe that's mm-hmm. where they were going with it. I could totally relate to that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, so you're the person with the rock in this situation. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it was like as a teenager, like this you know, half adult, half child mind, I sort of like pictured it planning a uh, paying or pictured it playing out in my mind. Like what if someone just like approached you on the side and was like, hi, can I change your mind? Yeah. <laughs> no? Okay. And like walks away. She, like She's holding a rock. Yeah. Like <laughs> what, what is this? A you know, performance or something? So that's sort of yeah. how like <laughs> I originally the approach is just sort of like, and I, and the, and the fact that she respects the no and just walks away and like, you know, um, and then the, the second verse, when I actually figured out the lyrics, it's like, these, it, to me, it, was, it sounded like the, these two buddies sharing a, a joke in their, bleak and grim position as uh cellmates um but if like trying to like put a coherent message over all of it i feel like it's just about a guy who's like well this is my life and here i go and this is what i do and never gonna pay anybody no mind like it's (laughs) my way or the highway i don't care it just seems like a guy who's very like in his body and self-assured is like you want to change my mind nah man Hey, ain't that funny? <laughs> Let me just go pound my wall, have, pound this uh, wall with my head just for shits and giggles. Like, you know, <laughs> boom. Yeah. So, that's how yeah, I see I, it. I, <laughs> it's like, uh, I'm just going to yeah. do the thing that I like to do and I don't care. Almost right. in the dark. Mm-hmm. There's only one thing that I know how to do well and it's perform cunnilingus. <laughs> right. Exactly. That is word for word. The meaning that they had in mind. A hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you guys are spot Talk on with interpretation. Talk about a self-assured man right yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I'm pretty much on on board with you there. I, I, I kind of waffle back and forth between it being someone who is very much, you know, I'm going to be myself. I'm going my own way. 
you know, um, I'm not going to let other people sway me to, uh, in other in negative ways. Well, I guess if he ends up in jail and, you know, he <laughs> did have some negative, uh, things in him. Um, or if it's someone who's kind of blissfully ignorant and it's like, Oh, I don't care, you know, about any of this, you know, don't try to change my mind. I'm, I mean, it, it really speaks to the, like, without getting too much into it, like the political climate these days, like mm. everyone, you know, I'm, I'm both sides or at least the people we hear from the most on both sides, like their minds cannot be changed. Like this is, this is the right way. No, this is the right way. You know, this is how things should be. No, this is how things should be. And no one is willing to actually talk about it. So is this guy like that? You know, is he, you know, is he, is he right to be, you know, I'm going to be like myself, you know, this is, this is what I am. Or is he, dumb in that maybe he should let other people in you know change his mind hmm. the way that like the tone of the music for me um indicates it's more of like he's he's bored almost like okay this is this is the way i've always done it this is the way i'm always gonna do it you can go and try and change my mind but like i don't know i'm just gonna sit here and do my thing like it to me it's like almost indifference um yeah it's not so much I'm like a wonderful time but i'd rather be whistling in this yeah part. like i'm yeah. happy to sit here and entertain your conversation but i'm an introvert go away please like right. <laughs> you know that's right yeah it's so, turn the light off when you leave <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so to me like i can definitely understand like the, the the relation to today's political climate where it's like it's my way or the highway this is how i believe this is how you believe we're not you know i'm right you're wrong don't try and change my mind uh, you know, stuck in my ways. I can see that. For me, just musically, the 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 tone of the song doesn't lend itself to that level of like aggression or care about other mm-hmm. people, one way or another. It's it seems very mm-hmm. self isolated, like not egotistical, mm-hmm. but like this is my thing, not your thing. This is a me problem. That's how it sounds to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I think if, you know, if I definitely had to pick one, I'd probably, you know, based on the, the verbiage here, like I'd like to poison your mind. I mean, the woman, yeah, the, the woman came up to me and said, I'd like to poison your mind. Uh, <laughs> makes me think about, you know, people coming to your door. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, have you heard the good word? You know, they're, they're not saying I'm going to poison your mind, but it's from his point of view, they're trying to poison his mind, but based on, you know, the negative connotations of poison. And then obviously the hitting you with a rock, uh, Though I am not makes me think it is right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Best intentions here. It's, this is a really, it's for your rock. own good. <laughs> Hold still. This is for your own good. This hurts me more than it hurts you. It's a freelance lobotomy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that does make me think that he is is right to kind of, you know, be true to himself. Yes. So that's how I always kind of took the song. Um, yeah, I was only maybe more, you know, recently thinking about it and like, well, it could go to, you know, maybe this person should hear other opinions. But I think, you know, my my gut feeling is that it's a, it's a you know, just be yourself kind of song. But there's, so, there's so many good lines in this song, though. Yeah. I think the the having a wonderful time thing is just, so funny because yeah if someone comes up to you and they're trying to poison your mind with other ideas they're trying poison is in there it's like i'm having a wonderful time (laughs) hitting you with the rocket i'm having a wonderful time and in jail having a wonderful time you know just fine with his his lot in life i guess right
There's another song by They Might Be Giants, and I like you. Just what you were saying reminded me, and I can't think of which one it is, but it's similar. Mm-hmm. Like it's a that like yes, nodding along to whatever nonsense you're saying. Oh, um, racist friend, kind of like that. <laughs> mm. Like mm-hmm. yeah, just gonna sit here and nod along, but you're totally wrong. Um, yeah, yeah, but then yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna talk to my friend here afterwards and be like. What the fuck, man? <laughs> <laughs> you know, not your racist friend. What the what the hell? Uh, the um, Valerie mentioned how the Oz. I love the the Gregorian chant of the Oz and the <laughs> the octave, the whistling, whistling between uh, the two Johns is just so fun. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah, imagining your 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 family car rides everyone singing along did you would you pick which part would you pick would you do would you be singing along with the lanella would you be doing the flans echo <laughs> what was your preference i liked in those car rides <laughs> as a child i would sing along to every word that i could so i was the one going whistling 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 dark yeah dark, do it all. dark dark yeah <laughs> which you know makes something like spoiler alert really hard to sing along to but <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, yeah sing it all I did actually, it did occur to me, I, you know, I kind of said it as a slip, but like this guy really reads as introvert to me. Like, and I think that was yeah, maybe why much. I liked it is it was very relatable. Like I love hanging out with my friends, but like at the end of the night, I kind of just want to go do my own thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Whistling in the dark definitely sounds like a solitary activity. <laughs> it's the only thing that he likes. So it's, yeah. So it's, you know, some quiet alone time, just whistling a little tune. You know, in the comfort of the not night. Too much excitement going on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I think it's time to listen to some live versions. So the earliest one we have is on the MTV. Uh, this is from the postmodern show on MTV, which apparently is like uh, 120 minutes was a very well known, you know, kind of alternative college rock radio show uh that would be on sundays on mtv um and this was apparently kind of related to that in that it was i think it was during the weekdays it might have been multiple times a week and it was slightly more mainstream focused but still had some of those underground elements uh and they might be giants have hosted 120 minutes. I think they did it more than once. And apparently they hosted this uh, show as well. Uh, postmodern. Um, Cause you can hear at the end of it, uh, Linnell actually um, introduces the next video, yeah, yeah. which is a song uh, by uh, tin machine. Do you know tin machine? I don't. That was a band that David Bowie formed when he wanted to try being in a, you know, he was going through his real eighties kind of synthy poppy uh, dancey kind of era and he's like i want to be in a rock band again and i don't even want my name in the title so that was david bowie's rock band they put out two albums i think they're pretty decent i'd say wow but anyway let's listen to uh them play whistling in the dark and i would recommend people go and watch this um i'm sure if you if you search whistling in the dark live uh, but the channel is valerie 2776 uh that uploaded it it is fun to watch because you got Linnell on the accordion and Flans has that bass drum. Uh, so let's uh, drop that in here. Hi, where they might be, Giants. We're your hosts all week long here at Postmodern MTV. Here's a song by us, and it's called Whistling in the Dark. 
A woman came up to me and said, I'd like to poison your mind with wrong ideas that appeal to you, though I am not unkind. She looked at me, I looked at something written across her scalp. And these are the words that faintly said as I tried to call for help. There is only one thing that I know how to do well, and I've often been told that you only can do what you know how to do well, and that's be you. Be what you're like, be like yourself. And so I'm having a wonderful time, but I'd rather be whistling in the dark, 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 whistling in the dark. There's only one thing that I like, and that is whistling in the dark. So me being the dork that I am, I'm watching Linnell's fingers here, and even though this is this is before Flood came out, but I'm, I'm assuming since the dialogue song does seem like it's in the key of D, uh, that you know they're like, okay, the Flood version is going to be in D. I'm like, oh, that's a little too low. He actually bumps it up to E on this version, so he, he's in between. So the album's version's in D. He, he went up to E for this version, and then they settled on F for live version from the rest of the way out. <laughs> Just couldn't figure out exactly where to, where to put this one. But it does sound, I mean, it does sound lower, even though it's only half step down from where the other live versions are. Like, he's really getting that nice low tone on that. What, what, yeah. did, you, what did you think of that, that clip? I, so, actually, I didn't realize that it was linnell singing this until i saw that version like i don't because it's it's so low in his register i just automatically thought it was flandersburg um (laughs) but it's like one of the things i also noticed like the way he just drops his jaw on those oz it's like okay this dude is like a serious musician that is like some serious yeah vocal range right there um Mm -hmm. but yeah no i and i actually speaking of the oz i thought it was really interesting that the way this might have to do with the fact that it was uh, a half step lower but the um the oz had more of a round sound like almost like an o behind it instead of the just straight up and down mm. ah um which gave it this like a little bit more of a haunting quality which is kind of appropriate for the song so i thought that was really cool <laughs> and i kind of missed like the just like the freeness of the oh just like go for it <laughs> but like giving it that little darker timbre was like all right yeah. I, i'll take this yeah. <laughs> i'm trying to imagine what people must have thought when they saw this flipping through the channels and laying on MTV and like, you know, something like Tin Machine would have made more sense. It was definitely kind of in the 80s rock vibe, but like leading into it with these two, who are these two jokers on the accordion? What what kind of dork is this? Striped shirts and everything. A a marching bass drum. What what the hell is this? You know, click, flip over to the next channel. (laughs) It's so great though. And they're, Linnell's not singing into a mic. He's just singing really loudly. And then Flans is like trying to do, it's almost like he's trying to provide some sort of natural dynamics where he'll like, he's up in front and then he'll kind of walk back and he's got a mic back there, but you can tell he's really, he's like, we got to make sure that the mix is good on this. Just doing it, you know, acoustic. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, there's no electricity needed here. You got an accordion and a bass. They know what they're doing. I also found it very funny <laughs> watching Flan as he was uh, in the back there and chiming in for the Oz. He just kind of like leaned back and stuck his neck out towards the microphone because he couldn't quite reach it <laughs> from where yeah. he was standing. <laughs> yeah. Y'all got to go watch this one. It, it's it's great. Uh, then, and 
I guess I was about to say officially released. Now, this is actually from a promo CD, which I've played quite a bit of here uh, from tracks in the early 90s. Uh, a promo CD called They Might Be Giants Live 10, 14, 94. Uh, very catchy title. Um, yeah, it was a promotional CD, not meant for commercial release, but a really good sounding um, album. They actually pulled some of it when they released properly Severe Tire Damage, a live album that came out a few years later, um, that they recorded at Sony Sound Studios, so on like a soundstage, not at like a venue. Uh, and this is all told to me by um, on the episode with um, Tony Maimone and Brian Doherty um, on the AK Driver episode. I believe that's where they were telling me about it. Or maybe it was Tony's snail shell episode. Tony was the bass player back in the John Henry days. He He's the one that told me, like, oh, that wasn't, like, a live show. It was, yeah, it was, like, studio. You know, so you would have had, like, the stadium seating or whatever, you know, for the crowd uh, going up. But it sounds... Great. It so, does, yeah. Yeah. Enough yammering. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll drop it in. A woman came up to me and said, "I'd like to poison your mind with wrong ideas that appeal to you, though I am not unkind." She looked at me. I looked at something written across her scalp. And these are the words that it faintly said as I tried to call for help. There's only one thing that I know how to do well, and I've often been told that you only can do what you know how to do well, and that's be you. Be what you like. Like yourself, and so I'm having a wonderful time, but I'd rather be whistling in the dark, 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 whistling in the dark. There's only one thing that I like, and that is whistling in the dark. This one got the horns yes yeah it's got the full instrumental for you right there yeah yeah it's got that brass just and they're blasting and there's even more they they add some additional brass than is on the uh the album version like there's a lot of like big like just like horn stabs like big hits in there uh they don't save it like till the end it's it's all over and the sound quality is great like the bass drum and everything it sounds amazing <laughs> yeah i love this one because it, it has like this playful quality like they are playing for an audience like they're just feeding off it, it feels i'm surprised honestly that it's a studio recording because it feels like they're feeding off the energy of a crowd and just working with them and well there is a well, crowd there, there okay, but the okay. way i'm picturing it yeah from the way from the way that those guys described it it makes it seem more like uh like if it was like that they might be giant sitcom like oh, they, gotcha, you know gotcha. filmed in front of a live studio audience you know like there's an audience there but they're like they were probably seated um you know like the tiered seating and they're like looking down on the band and uh you know Brian said that you know they had like the plexiglass around the drums so there's not too much bleed and stuff like that so it wasn't like rock show you know like they were trying to really contain it and keep it make sure the audio was good that makes sense but it was yeah but it was in front of a crowd it does, it's yeah. like it's got that very like frivolous music festival feel to it which i love yeah yeah, yeah. reminds it's, me of uh, when i saw them in person like <laughs> yeah yeah it's a it's a very fun rendition you can tell they have a lot of fun with this song uh and then uh let's see then we we jump up to the year 2000 uh 
November 30th, 2000, the Bowery Ballroom in New York City. This was released on uh, TVG Unlimited, um, their e-music kind of subscription thing that they did. So the road case to this thing costs like $200 more than the actual thing. And um, you know, I never thought we'd make our living like playing marching band bass drums, and I never thought I would have arguments wearing a marching band bass drum. I'm not gonna start now. All right. All right. Ready, John? Yep. A woman came up to me and said, I'd like to poison your mind with wrong ideas that appeal to you, though I am not unkind. She looked at me, I looked at something written across her scalp. And these are the words that it faintly said as I tried to call for help. There's only one thing that I know how to do well, and I've often been told that you only can do what you know how to do well, and that's be you. You're like, be like yourself And so I'm having a wonderful time But I'd rather be whistling in the dark 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 <laughs> The road case cost $200 more than the actual thing Because, <laughs> yeah, that bass drum Like when you see it on the MTV thing It's like an old-timey you know, wooden shell. It's a beautiful looks like looking bass out of the music drum. Man. <laughs> yeah, like he probably just came across it in like an antique shop or something, right? But then when he had to go and lug it on tour, those road cases and stuff are expensive. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, what did you think about? Uh, yeah, from the year two thousand, I wanted to get one with different drummers on them. This one I think mostly was was worth playing because of uh, that banter. At the beginning there. And then we've got, jumping all the way to uh, 2015 Flood Live in Australia, which I believe if people are listening, you know, when this comes out in two weeks, it may still be f- free on their website. You know, they were just promoting it again. It's like, oh, this is free now. You don't have to pay for it. Flood Live in Australia uh, from 2015. This one uh, features a stylophone solo. That's the big draw this one uh are you familiar with the stylophone uh remind me uh well i mine has broken it's broken but it's 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 this guy oh i've seen so, I've, yeah i've seen little that. S- yeah stylophone because it's got a stylus right and little you can see the the keyboard on there in the metal yeah so you complete you complete the circuit of this mini synthesizer you know by touching the metal there uh, so that kicks ass. He, he, he loves these little toys and will bust them out. And I love that on a song, you know, that was 25 years old at the time. He's like, we've got to mix it up a little bit. Yeah. Well, I got this thing. Let's play with that. Linnell and his toys. <laughs> Said, I'd like to change your mind by hitting it with a rock. He said, Though I am not unkind. We laughed at his little joke and then I happily walked away and hit my head on the wall of the jail where the two of us live today. There's only one thing that I know how to do well, and I've often been told that you only can do what you know how to do well, and that's be you. Be what you're like, be like yourself. So I'm having a wonderful time, but I'd rather be whistling in the dark. Whistling in the dark, whistling in the dark, whistling in the dark. 
can't go wrong with a tiny synthesizer. <laughs> it is, I think, time for the covers section. Are you ready? Indeed. Y'all ready for this? Okay. So the first one we'll talk about, um, well, there was a uh, TMBS, they might be shitposting, uh, compilation of a flood tribute that came out um, for the 30th anniversary in, in beginning of 2020. Um, are you a member of the They Might Be Shitposting Facebook group as well? I don't think so. <laughs> Sounds like it's worth it, it, it though. It, <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it is a fun time. It, it is fun, but it is very much just yeah a lot of memes and inside jokes and very obscure stuff so as someone who you know as you've said you've still haven't heard every single album there may be a lot of stuff on there they're just like i don't know what they're talking about but But hey that's what inspires me to go listen to them so (laughs) yeah yeah uh yeah when you hear them talking about a song called cave fish and you're like what is cave fish and it not existing online and then you have to go you know join the fan club and buy the seven inch to hear it (laughs) The most obscure They Might Be Giant songs. Uh, so this uh, They Might Be Songs posting flood uh, compilation. I was on this one doing a Nirvana-style cover of Birdhouse. Um, this has 76 tracks on it. Oh, my it's God. <laughs> massive. I mean, most songs are covered three times over. And um, Whistling... So I sent you two. I think it's only on here twice. I mean, I was like, with these classic ones, I sometimes have to narrow it down. Newer songs, I'm like, I don't have any covers. But then stuff from Flood, it's like there's always tons of covers. So this one has a cover by a group going by the name Cloud Folder. And uh, Cloud Folder is Gina Donahue and Emilio Zamorano. And I know I've played stuff by Emilio before. I'm not sure about Gina, but... With that being said, let's listen to it. A woman came up to me and said, I'd like to poison your mind. With wrong ideas that appeal to you, though I am not unkind. She looked at me, I looked at something written across her scalp. And these are the words that I faintly said as I tried to call for help. There's only one thing that I know how to do well. And I've often been told that you only can do what you know how to do well. And that's be you. Be what you like. Be like yourself. And so I'm having a wonderful time, but I'd rather be whistling in the dark. Whistling in the dark, whistling in the dark, whistling in the dark, whistling in the dark, whistling in the dark. There's only one thing that I like, and that is whistling in the dark. A man came up to me and said, I'd like to change your mind by hitting it with the rock, he said, though I am not unkind. What did you think about this one? Oh, I thought it was so funky. Like, okay, so first of all, I want to preface that. I'm I'm like usually very loyal to the first way that I hear something. So I was a uh-huh. little bit worried going into listening to these covers that I would just absolutely hate them. And this was the first one I heard and it was like, nope, never mind. I like this. Keep going. <laughs> like this is cool. It's funky, it's fast, it's energetic. And like to yeah. me, it's like good music to exercise to. Like it just gets you up and going. So I really liked it. It's like the perfect like cartoony energy. They said they're inspired by like Sailor Moon. I'm like, I totally see it. Like this works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's almost like it's like you put it on your turntable at the wrong speed or like yeah. your cassette player's <laughs> malfunctioning. It's just like, 
faster. Like if you night cord, they might be the voices are higher. <laughs> yeah, right. So they go, they go like the higher octave, and there's some cool little synth sounds in there. It's very fun. Yeah, there's some fun little little <laughs> spacey effects and stuff like that. Very well done. So nice job, Cloud Folder. I don't think they're an actual band, but they're. A lot of people came up with little band names. Just people were collaborating like all around the country and around the world. People jumping on each other's tracks and stuff like that and then making up these little band names. Uh, this next one uh, off the same comp, Little Spiral or at Little Spiral at. I don't know. Is, is there a name for that at symbol? Is there some fancy name that I don't know of? Not that I know of. Yeah. I'm just going to call it Little Spiral. But it is uh, Suzanne Yada. Yada 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 or yada yada yada. I should probably figure that out because she actually just signed up for a song, uh, requested to be on the podcast. So um, she uh, just signed up for um, what did she say? Oh, staying on your own head. Oh, nice. That's a good one too. Off of Lincoln. Yes. Uh, so Suzanne is a very prolific. They might be giants cover artist. Actually, she just did like a live stream show and was taking requests and stuff like that online and all they might be giants covers uh thing she did uh so let's listen to her version of whistling in the dark a woman came up to me and said i like to poison your mind with wrong ideas that you to you i'm not unkind she looked at me, I looked at something written across the scalp. And these are the words that I faintly said as I tried to call for help. There's something I know how to do well. And I'm often doing you like and do what you know how to do well. And that's me. Hey, you like your life. Hey, you like yourself. So I'm having a wonderful time and I'd rather be whistling in the dark. Whistling in the dark. Uh, what'd you think of it about it i i i really enjoyed this one uh and i say this as a member of the lgbt community but to me like my first impression was like lesbian cover song and i love it's like that sultry <laughs> smoky dive bar meet across you know meet eyes across the room like it's totally giving me those vibes and like i dig it like this beautiful woman's looking at me and singing this and i'm like i love it <laughs> oh yeah yeah and she harmonizes with herself yes. really well great harmonies yeah. yeah it does have this almost like old cabaret kind of feel Something about the rhythms that she does with the piano. It's very playful. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to her. She seems like a very interesting gal. Um, then let's see over on the YouTube. Are you kids familiar with the YouTube? Over on <laughs> YouTube, we've got Adam Hendrickson uh, doing a... I guess you'd call it a MIDI cover. Mm -hmm. It's a cool little thing to 
watch because it looks kind of like you know like Guitar Hero or something where you got the little MIDI squares are kind of floating down towards the keys. Uh, you can see where he played it or programmed them in. I'm not sure exactly how he did it, but let's check it out. A woman came up to me and said, I'd like to poison your mind with wrong ideas that appeal to you. No, I am not unkind. She looked at me. I looked at something written across her scalp. And these are the words that it faintly said as I tried to call for help. There's only one thing that I know how to do well. And I've often been told that you only can do what you know how to do well. And that's be you. Be what you like. Be like yourself. And so I'm having a wonderful time, but I'd rather be whistling in the dark. 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 There's only one thing that I like, and that is whistling in the dark. Ah. What do you think about this one? My very first, like, right off the cuff impression was this is if Tom Lehrer were to do a cover of this song. Like, it's just got that, like, kind of nerdy feel to it. Um, But it's like, it's Uh so. I also thought it was like, it's perfect. Like, I want to see the animated music video for this. It's like a perfect sound for that. Like, um, like Istanbul and like Particle Man. Like, I, I want to see these characters like doing this. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I loved it. It was like, it was nasally. It was child, like, you know, but in like a good way. And like, a, you know, I, kids would eat yeah. this up. Like, it's just perfect. <laughs> yeah. I almost get a little like, uh, like you almost get a little Alvin, you get some chipmunks in there almost some some of the time. A man came up to me, and then and then he comments on his own video there and says, "I officially recommend this at uh, 1.25 or 1.5 speed." So it wants it to be even more hyper. <laughs> I'd um, love to hear which, that. <laughs> hold on, yeah, I'm gonna do it right now. Let's go 1.5. <laughs> be what you like. Be like yourself. (laughs) (laughs) And it gets really crazy towards the end watching it with all the colored squares uh, coming at you because it gets pretty elaborate. This is definitely something programmed because you don't have enough fingers to do what comes towards the end of this thing. (laughs) (laughs) So just lay your arm across the keyboard and hope for the best. (laughs) (laughs) Or or you get a friend to help you play along. And then... (laughs) Uh, we've got Wes Brown on SoundCloud. I found this one. Um, yeah, Wes Brown 13, it looks like, is the channel. So let's uh, drop this one in. One came up to me and said, I'd like to poison your mind With wrong ideas that appeal to you I'm not unkind She looked at me I looked at something Written across her scalp And these are the words That I faintly read As I tried to call for help Well, there's only one thing That I know How to do well And I've often been told That you only can do what you know How to do well And that's be you Be what you are
So it's our only guitar-based version. What do you think about this? Uh, not to keep comparing to other artists, but like, I thought it was like it gave me like strong American folk, like Neil Young or like Simon and Garfunkel, oh, yeah. just that like easy, sentimental, bittersweet listening to it. Uh, and I really, like I said, you know, I grew up on a lot of folk music, so this was like fit the same vibes. I loved it so much. Um, it was interesting because like I did wonder if it's the appropriate like style for this sort of weird message that the song is about. But honestly, the way that they draw out, especially when they draw out the faster um, parts, like uh, the, um, the only thing that I, Oh, only one thing that I like in that, right. That's like a lot mm -hmm. of 16th notes right there, but they draw it out a little bit. So it tells the story a little bit more. So I think they do a, a really, yeah. really good job of addressing that. Um, and making it fit. Yeah, I think there's even some liberties taken with the with the chords and stuff too. It's very much it's really creative in that it's almost like it's just inspired by Whistling in the Dark or something. Like, yeah. you know, it's got the it's got the lyrics, but then yeah, there's liberties taken with the melody and it sounds like with the chords as well. It's uh it's really, really interesting. Yeah, which is one of the things that I've loved about all of these covers is like, to me, they don't feel like covers in that they're trying to emulate it exactly, but their note voice is a little different or they got the notes a little different. To me, these are like, they took the inspiration and ran with it and made their own thing of it and made it completely unique, which is why I love them all so much. Uh, that it's, mm -hmm. it's not listening to the same song, but not quite. It's just listening to an entirely new version of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's the fun in doing a cover, um, and our last one was sent uh, straight to us, specifically made for us by Noah Daniel. And I know since you haven't listened to a whole lot of episodes, and I won't hold it against you, I have a whole crew of friends who, if I'm lacking in covers for an episode, will will come to the rescue. And do them for the show, specifically for the show. Uh, and when I sometimes I'll get my schedule booked out pretty far in advance, and I'll be like, "Here's the next six recordings I'm doing." And you know, these uh, you may have seen them around the groups. Sometimes you get uh, Carrie Hearn, Kai Pfeiffer, Daryl Till, uh, Noah Daniel, Adam Rivera. Um, will just be like, I'll be like, yeah, the, the, uh, you know which ones are more popular. Here's the ones that are pro I'm probably not going to find that many covers for. And sometimes theirs will be the only cover on an episode. But I, I told Noah, I said, I'm probably going to find a lot for whistling. But if anyone wants to do it, go for it. And Noah, he loves playing the accordion. He's German, after all. <laughs> um, he <laughs> sent us this cover of Whistling in the Dark. It's a little bit of an abridged version. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to play Noah's uh, in full since it was custom made for us. So let's check that out. A woman came up to me and said, I'd like to poison your mind. The wrong ideas for the people to you, though I'm not unkind. She looked at me, I looked at something written across her scalp. And these are the words that faintly said as I gently called for help. There's only one thing that I know how to do well. And I've often been told that you only can do what you know. Whistling in the dark, whistling in the dark, whistling in the dark, 
whistling in the dark. There's only one thing that I like, and that is whistling in the dark. you think of Noah's? So having said that a lot of covers, like I think tend to try and get really close and no, don't quite make it. I think he makes it like his voice is very like on point. He got all of those accordion trills on his fingers, which is like not easy. Uh, no, he does like yeah. great justice to the song and honors it really well. And um, you know, it was really accurate to the song, especially for like what sounds like, the guy who recorded it like in his kitchen like i could totally just sit here and like watch this guy play it in front of me and be like you hit it on the head like this is perfect uh so no no, i really really dug it and like i could tell that it was made with a lot of love and devotion to uh they might be giants that this this dude is Mm -hmm. clearly a fan (laughs) oh yeah yeah he's he's done so many covers for me i mean he had been in the show a bunch of times before i knew who he was just when i had found his soundcloud page and all the stuff he was doing on there um and then yeah we became friendly and he's been a guest on the podcast twice um and he may actually now be the most featured person in the cover section because it was daryl till for a while i don't know i may need to notify daryl of that he may need to kick his game back up uh, to become the most the most frequent cover artist on the show. Uh, but yeah, no, no, was great. And when he told me, um, yeah, he said, he said this was one take and just played live. And I was not expecting to hear any of the horn stuff done on the accordion, uh, especially when it, when I knew it was abridged. Um, but he, he that, that part it. was important enough to make the edit and it sounds great. Yeah, yeah. it really does. <laughs> Fantastic job. Yes, thank the seal you. Of approval. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Stamp that on there. Um, I don't know if he'll put it on SoundCloud or not, but his SoundCloud is uh, Takahiro Twenty Four is his SoundCloud uh, channel. So uh, with that, it is time to score this song. Were you prepared for this? No. <laughs> No, I know you said to score, but like, <laughs> how can you not score a They Might Be Giant song anything less than 10 out of 10 or 11 out of 10? You know what I mean? <laughs> Feel free to do that. I have, you know, Abby Bash, one of my good friends I made through the podcast, she likes to go 14 out of 10. Now she's like, <laughs> yeah, like everything's a 10 out of 10. Uh, I, I resist that because what you know i might as well just not have a scoring section for everything that's going to be 10 um okay i'll be objective i'll be objective <laughs> well what would be do you have a favorite they might be giant song or like a couple like this them? one off um, the top of your head purple toupee uh uh birdhouse in your soul nightgown of the sullen moon um don't let oh, start like oh you, you, you open up a can yeah. uh can of worms here a kettle of fish or whatever <laughs> Like too easy to go down that rabbit hole. Um, 
you know, Why Does the Sun Shine is probably the first song that I ever memorized the lyrics to. Like, it's, it's uh-huh. too many, too many. <laughs> and then you knew that the sun was 93 million miles away. 90, I, I used that so in, fourth gra- in uh, fifth grade, <laughs> I remember. We were doing Jeopardy, and I knew the answer. <laughs> So hey, if this is in the list of your favorites, if if it's a ten for you, go ahead and give it a ten. But that's usually yeah, that's usually what I'd say is that you know think about what a ten would be, and then where would this be in relation uh, to that? You're scoring it in the TMBG canon. You're not scoring it against you know other bands. Um, I'll, in in an effort to be as objective as possible, um, I'm gonna say like high eight, low nine, like. Maybe nine point three. Uh, the only reason I'd be taking points off is just like personal taste. It gets a bit repetitive at the end, but like I understand that's the, sure, their choice, valid. and like they do yeah. it. So that, but otherwise, not fantastic song, Chef's Kiss. Yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely. Uh, this one, yeah. I mean, these flood songs, and I've lived with them for for so long. I mean, I came into. Uh, I mean, people that listen to the show, like, yeah, we we know you got into them at Apollo 18. But so, like, I, you know, I was a couple of years behind Flood, even though I heard them on Tiny Tunes. Uh, so I, I, this album has been with me for, yeah, I guess it's been 30 years now since I got into the band in 1992. Um, so some part of me, like, I don't put on Flood and listen to it a whole lot anymore, honestly. Um and, you know, I don't think I'm going to get too much shit for that because it's one of those where it's like, you know, if you've been into them for a long time, you've heard Flood so many times. And I often I'll go back to the newer stuff more often. Um, but when you go back and listen to it, you're like, yeah, every every fucking song in here is amazing. So um, it's interesting. I, I like, think I also I don't listen to it all the time. I've actually been more uh, consuming of Lincoln recently. But like every now and then I'll wake up and like, you know what I need right now? I need the intro to flood. I need it right now. Mm-hmm. This is the vibes today. Yeah. And I'll just listen to that yeah. s- album on repeat all day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's because also for me, it's like, it's that childhood comfort, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go high. I wouldn't say it's my favorite song on flood, but it is, <clears throat> it is a standout track for sure. It is very, um, it really, you know, in an album full of unique sounding songs, it really stands out, uh, has its own kind of tone to it and its own its own flavor. Uh, so while I don't think it's the best track, and it does drag on a little long, though I do love the experimental aspects of the, you know, the improvised horns and stuff like that, I think I'm going to go 8.6. I respect that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What did I give? I'm trying to think. Yeah, and yeah, I, I love Flood and all that. But the last time I did a Flood song, it's been quite a while. Last time I did a Flood song, this isn't the only Flood song I've done in a year, is it? <laughs> Let me see. Well, it's only been a month and a half. Oh, I mean like in a full, oh, know, like a, since <laughs> last months. February. Jeez. Um, it's been a crazy 12 months. We won't hold it against you. <laughs> Oh yeah, you know time. It, I I yeah, I've lost all relation to time here. You know when things happen, like if it's during the pandemic times, just you know lump it in with that. Yeah, I was trying to think about what I gave. Um, someone keeps moving my chair. What did I give that? 
7.9. Yeah, so Whistling definitely deserves to be a couple notches higher than, <laughs> than that one. So I think 8.6 is r- about right. Yeah. So, Ariana, do you have anything to plug? Anything you want to tell the people about? Social media you want people to follow you on? Anything of that nature? Nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I do actually. Can I want they to come share, see the play? Come see the play. Yes. If you happen <laughs> to be in the New Haven area, um, come see Antigone uh, the first weekend in March. Um, but no, seriously, uh, actually I did want to have like one other cute little story, uh, that connects sure. actually theater to they may be giants. I was chatting with our technical director last year and we got to talking about they might be giants. And he said that he actually, cause we talked, I told him about the, the May day festival in new Haven where I first saw them in live. He said, I was working that festival. I got to meet them. Like, Whoa. so now this guy I'm working with and is like giving me letters of recommendation as I'm applying to jobs and stuff like, he was there that day that I properly fell in love. So I just thought that was such a cool little connection. Wow. I mean, he could hook you up and you could have, uh, you could be stage managing the giants someday. Hey, hey, (laughs) I would not turn that down. (laughs) (laughs) Very nice. So people can find this might be a podcast at this might be a podcast.com. Twitter is a good place uh, to chat. This might be a pod on Twitter. And if you want to get in the mailbag segment, uh, email me. This might be a pod at Gmail or leave me a voicemail. 224-801-2930. Make sure to rate and subscribe and all the stuff that you're supposed to say uh, as a podcaster. And I think that'll do it for me. But Ariana, thank you so much for being on. Uh, sorry you had to wait a whole year. Oh, no. <laughs> I hope it was worth the wait. Oh, absolutely. My absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for reaching out. This is, like I said, this has been the of highlight of my day for sure. <laughs> well, I hope things smooth out a little bit for you. Thank you. You know, the, <laughs> the, the opening day is coming up it is. pretty soon. So, But I, I'm sure things will work out. You, you sound pretty seasoned in this. Uh, yeah, this is, uh, I think, my seventh time stage managing. I got this. We got this. It's a yeah, great team. <laughs> you got it. You got it. <laughs> All right, cool. 